Beer League Opinion. This is the part of the podcast in which I hang out with my buddy Greg, who is a veteran of the Beer Leagues, and we get to talk a bit about the Canucks goaltending situations, or the goaltending situations in the games that we saw, and take it from there and just kind of chat about the game in general. So uh, we have my buddy Greg Shaughnessy, who also is a master of Feng Shui, um, or at least the, the brains behind that operation, so there is that as well. You know him from our introductory and closing um, musical number, but uh, Greg has also done some amazing beer league goaltending over the past few years and has been a long-time fan of the Vancouver Canucks, so welcome, Greg, to our pro- podcast. Thanks welcome to much. Canucks Corner. There uh, we go. Thanks, Aaron. Glad to be here. So we've just finished watching uh, most of the Canucks Blackhawks game on January 22nd. Yeah. A game in which the Canucks were pretty much just kind of stopping the Blackhawks from destroying them for most of the game. And then in the third period, coming back from a 2 nothing deficit to Sketcher on the power play, making it 2-1, and then Horvat about a minute and a half later, making it 2-2. With yeah. Quite a good goal. Yeah, within, I think, a minute and a half of each other. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was it was a quick turn of events there, and then all of a sudden, you know, we thought, yeah, here we go, we're going to win this thing, or at least tie over time in the thing, mm-hmm. and a couple minutes left, Buttnut Panic, or whatever his name is there, takes a shot off the right-hand side as he's coming, and it goes off Edler's stick, misses the net, yay, it missed the net, oh, it bounced directly yeah. off the backboards onto whose stick? Was it, yeah, to Jonathan Taves, and uh, just a beautiful bank, well, like we were talking about when we watched the game. I thought that it was a practice move, but as you pointed out, it went off of Edler's stick. Otherwise, it just would have been just perfect as a, as far as a, a set play. But no, just dumb luck, I think. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, when you said it, I had a double think. You know, I had to go, oh well, maybe it, maybe it was a set play because because it looked like it went perfectly off the board straight yeah. to to Taves. And if it's if it wasn't a set play tonight, the next time they do that, it may be oh, a yeah. set play. Because I've I've seen the the pros do that. They'll especially in the playoffs with the speed of the game, they'll shoot the puck. Say they're coming in pretty much straight into the slot. They'll shoot the puck to one side of the goal deliberately, so that it'll bounce back off the dasher or the the boards, right back out into say near the faceoff dots for a quick shot or for a scramble or something. I've seen them do that. Yeah, no, I've seen them do that as well. Man. Just a way to get it in deep and, and fight over it when it's there. Exactly. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty nifty play when they can get it to bounce right. But anyway, okay, so you are our resident goaltending expert. Well, certainly opinionated, but I don't know about an expert, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So it's going to be an opportunity uh, today for you to shed some light into the goaltending battle that was Ryan Miller tonight for the Canucks and Corey Crawford tonight for the Blackhawks. Yeah, two really solid, experienced goaltenders. You got Ryan Miller, who, uh, of course, you know, is a silver medal winner. Very, very solid, sees a lot of action, doesn't get too bent out of shape. And then Corey Crawford, who seems to, I've, I've always seen him get a little irritated with himself or with situations and, you know, show frustration, but... You know, he's won at least one Stanley Cup by himself, right? Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, no, and he's just had a few really, really solid years. Yeah. I mean, in the, the goalie circles, that uh, the stuff that I read, 
There's an awful lot of... Uh, there's, a, there's a group I belong to on Facebook called Goalie Gear Sluts United. Sorry, um, can you say that again? The, it's called Goalie Gear Sluts United. So dot com dot no no it's a it's a it's a group on Facebook oh Facebook of course yeah okay. unfortunately it's a closed group oh so you can't actually get okay. in it anymore I think it's run its administrator is actually Jared Sparks okay you'll know him as the the goalie who in his NHL debut last year for the Maple Leafs got a shutout ah yeah. right. He's actually, I think, the the founder of that group. Oh, now that's cool. Yeah. So um, basically, they uh, in that group they talk about, well, of course, of all things, gear related, technique, just goalie life in general, how goalies see the world, how goalies see skaters. So of course, it's very different, and they're very much characters. Some weirder than others, that's for sure. And but uh, sorry, my my point being, there was a oh, you had a point. Oh, yeah, my point was talking about Corey Crawford. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. The it wasn't until even after he won a Stanley Cup, people didn't take him seriously. They thought he was mm. way overrated. Right. And it's only been the last, I'd say, two years that people have started to lay off and and give him the respect he's due, which is fine. I always thought he was a little overrated, but that's just my own opinion. Oh, fair he's a, he's a very very strong positional goalies. He's tall. He moves well. Lateral movement, of course, and the way that they play, the, they do their techniques now, is pretty much everything. So, And he sees the, the ice very well. Oh, all right. Well, point taken. Yeah, I just was giving you a hard time about yeah. you having a point because normally I don't have a point oh, when okay. I'm doing this. So, Well, I tried to remember the, the, the point I would, and then circle back to it. So, yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay, something new for Canucks Corner Podcast. The, the, the podcaster actually has a point and will even circle back to it. Wow, that's that's I got to think about doing that. Anyway, okay. Um, sorry, I lost my point. We're, we're, no, we're you were just asking me about my opinions on the goalies. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's what it was. So, how did they fare this game? Well, they both played pretty much uh, positionally. Um, they didn't have to be. I don't think either of them had to be uh, especially acrobatic. Uh, both teams played very, very defensive-minded. Uh, obviously, the Blackhawks move the puck very, very well. They're very confident in their movements. The Canucks, not so well. I mean, it's probably because they have those more younger guys in the crew, and uh, some of them who, I guess, like to step up a bit more, uh, like you like that uh, Stetcher kid. Where mm-hmm. He likes to shoot a lot. And Bo Horvat, who likes to split the D and, and get in deep. They got guys like that, and of course the the Blackhawks have uh, Taves and and um, what's the other kid's name? Kaner. Kane, and they move the puck very very well, and they they can get in deep, and they they know they're going to get good chances. Ryan Miller, of course, he's used to playing the, the the more East Coast teams, and and of course he was solid tonight. He didn't he didn't. Uh, I think the the one the one later goal, I think uh, he didn't have much of a chance on the one or the not the the last goal, the second goal that was scored on him. Mm. He didn't have too much chance. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the uh, about the Kane goal where he comes off the kind of the goal line, and all he's got to shoot at is pretty much literally the top corner of the net. Yeah, the way that they the the I think it's just been the last year or two that I've seen the NHL goalies. They'll heavily load the post on one side. There's a, a goalie move. It's called vertical horizontal, where they they'll have let's say if they're coming to their left, they'll load the left pad right up against the post and put the the right pad flat to the ice, the horizontal, to cover the bottom of the net, and then have their glove up above 
the, the top of the, the left pad, and they'll load it like that. Whereas a number of years ago, they would still be on their feet, but loading up, loading up this one, one side of the goal. So the only spot that they've got to shoot at, because I think it was a, was he a right or left-handed shot? Left-handed shot. It was Kane. It was a left-handed shot. He probably might have had a better chance shooting over the other shoulder because you can only get your blocker up fast enough, but that was a heck of a shot. Just got right over his uh, left shoulder, and I think he had inches to shoot at. Yeah, so you, you can't... You can't fault Miller too much with no. a goal like that. Well, the way that they yeah they play the positioning now, they, they only have so many holes. Right, and it just happened that Kane hit that hole at He that just time. had the just enough time to get a good shot away, and Miller didn't really have... At that close-up, he didn't really have much of a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the, the Hawks' second goal. And then, bringing it to the other side of the ice, Stetcher taking a shot from the point on the power play. What What is, what is Crawford seeing at this point? Well, is that the one where Sadim was in front of him? Yeah. Well, he probably just saw a lot of Sadim. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, those guys are really good at seeing around people and following the play. I think that was the one where it just hit the bottom of his glove, right? Yeah. He, he had to look around, and the, he knew the puck was coming on the other side. And uh, he ju- I think he just got his glove up a little bit too high because he couldn't see all of it, and it just went off the bottom of his glove. Yeah, I, I noticed that Stetcher really played into that a uh, little bit. Is yeah, he shot right between the two because who was on the who was the other D? Oh, I can even tell you. Because yeah, he passed it off to the D on the half boards, came back to the middle, and then got the puck back and skated around the D or the 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 the, the winger closest to him to get a shot pretty much right through the two of them from the point and past Sedin because we were trying to figure out whether or not Sedin tapped it or not because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think he did no I don't think, I think so. he just went it just went straight in and went off the bottom of Crawford's glove yeah as a goaltender in that sort of situation where you've got an opposing player right in front of you do you have anything to say to your D-man? Is, is that is that his responsibility? And well in a, in a power play there's only so much you can look at I mean it's a little bit different in obviously in beer leagues because <laughs> nobody is going to be that good positionally. Nobody's going to have that good of a shot from the point. Right. If depending on what level you play at, I pretty much played bottom of the bottom of the beer league barrel. So if there, nobody was really going to be a good shot. If they took a slap shot, it would be even money. It was not going to come anywhere near the net, and you didn't have to worry about it. Unless, you know, there was a little bit of talent and a guy could kind of feather it in to where sometimes there'd be players who were really good at deflecting. And obviously in the bigs like that, they all practice all those moves. They know just how to feather it. Those The, the players in front of the goalie know exactly how to deflect it into, into places the goalie is never going to think about. Right. No, that's, yeah, that's pretty evident. And when I was watching your games, yeah, I did notice that there wasn't... Guys would try to emulate the NHL in some yeah, ways. Yeah, they had something in mind. Yeah, but but you knew there was the polish just wasn't quite there. They they weren't exactly right in the right positions. The shots weren't coming as hard or as fast, and it, it just seemed you know that those couple of couple of steps away from from what they what they wanted to do. Yeah. So uh, and by the way, just uh, just to to cover this angle, what was the name of your team again? Oh, the Polecats? The Polecats, that's right. Yeah. And and what, what was the league you played in? We used to play in the uh, HNA, the Hockey North America League uh, that played here in Fleetwood. 
Okay. Very cool. Um, and a lot of those guys, I imagine, are still playing and still. Oh yeah, they, they, yeah. The team unfortunately folded. They, I think they, the rest of the guys pretty much playing that same league. Yeah, because I, I remember a couple of times I came out and took took my photographs of mm-hmm. you guys doing your thing on the ice, and yeah, no, there were there were elements there where where it did really look at you know at moment to moment like it could be it could be NHL or at least close to it. But if you look at the the game as a whole, I mean, obviously there is you know. Big differences in, in all sorts of things, including you know positionally. Oh yeah, speed especially. Oh yeah, yeah, huge difference. In, in fact, when guys are quick in in the beer leagues, they really stand out. Eh? Well, and, and a lot of times, uh, as a goalie, it was more tough when there was such difference in difference in speed. Because if you're depending, because when we used to play in the in the the winter time, that was the the league that you played in. The longest, yeah. Um, so everybody on your team is probably about the same skill level. In the summertime, all bets were off because a lot of the the higher tier teams wouldn't bother playing in the summer. So there'd be so many different guys of different skills just looking for any old team to play on. Right. It didn't yeah. really matter. They just wanted to play with their. Hey, can I'll play if I can bring my three friends? <laughs> yeah. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll be super amazing, and they'll skate past everybody. And for me, it wasn't so much the speed because when we used to, well, you saw us play in the summertime. Yeah, when it was a consistently fast game, as a goalie, you play positionally. Yeah. You're playing the angles. You're playing for the speed. You're anticipating the moves. The tough part is when suddenly there's a guy in in the pocket or in the slot who moves around. And it slows the game down to a pace you don't expect. <laughs> and quite often, I played it against guys who, in the winter, played either roller hockey or floor hockey. Right. And these guys can't skate. So this guy would lumber in, and you figure, oh, well, okay, I just have to be patient. And dude would have an amazing shot. <laughs> right, He'd lo- he would blunder in past the blue line, and you'd go, is somebody going to take him? <laughs> and he would just hammer it right, and wake you up. But it was like a change-up, like for baseball players. You'd expect, oh, well, this, here comes a cream puff, and dude just about takes your head off. Yep. You know, and it's not uncommon. Whereas the other way around. Um, sometimes you're expecting just another beer league guy, and dude comes in with speed and just undresses you, and you haven't got a chance. You you're, you just don't have any chance at all. Now, obviously, this also in some way has to relate to NHL goalies, where they will see some guys that are significantly... Faster or quicker than others? I don't know. I mean, those the, the speed because obviously you got your Patrick or uh, your Canes of the world, and uh, those guys that are, are really super fast. But the there's not. I don't think there's not a whole lot of difference in speed and technique and skill level with a lot of those players. To be to play at that level, they all have to be very very uh, highly talented athletes. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I guess I, I, when I think about that, I think. Of players past like Pavel Bure, mm-hmm. who had just that extra bit past most of the NHL players, even yeah, like the maybe just a, a little bit more jump, a yeah. little bit more top speed, and and sometimes he would be he would score some of his goals by just by going at a speed at which when he makes his move, that goaltender can't cover that distance. Yeah, they'll he'll he would literally skate people into the back of the goal. Yeah, 
basically. And then the D would come flying in afterwards. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like, and then, oh, hey, there's an empty net now because that goaltender can't move quickly <coughs> yeah, enough well, to, you know. Even in the 90s, the, the goalies were still, there were still kind of echoes of the old school stacking the pads. Mm-hmm. You know, the Curtis Josephs and, and, and those guys. Yeah. Uh, who were incredibly talented but didn't have anywhere near the same kind of technique. Right. And also now the goalies now are so much bigger. Sure. You know, your Ben Bishops and those guys, they're, what is he, six foot six or six foot eight or something? Yeah, six six, I think, probably. Yeah. When I played, I, I, I was usually, the guys were usually pretty happy to see me hmm. because I'm six one. So they they know how much how much gear you've got and how much space you can take up simply by standing there. Exactly. You know, when they saw me play, it was a different story. <laughs> you know, that that means nothing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just from the great positional technique they have and the way they they move and the way they see everything, you know, it's it's a it's a wonder those guys don't. What's a wonder those guys score at all? Yeah. Well, that that's for sure. I mean, it takes it takes talents like like. Patrick Kane, although I really hate the guy because, of course, you know, he's yeah. just, oh, just, oh, just one of those guys. But obviously, I mean, that shot tonight is, is a shot he'll practice again and again and again. Oh, yeah. Top corner, top corner, top corner. And I actually mentioned that in a recent podcast that, that that's what, they practice this so much that in a game they want to make that shot. And I see it so often where players like, even somebody like Bo Horvat, who's a good, young, talented player. He'll be all like, yeah, I can make it. I can take that shot. And he'll miss by, what, you know, six inches, eight inches or whatever, which isn't missing by much. But he's not going to do it forever. But, yeah. He's but not going to miss forever. Yeah, but, I mean, he's not going to make that shot very often, right? And you get someone just a little bit more talented, a little bit more practiced like Kane, and he's going to make that shot that much more often. Yeah. And, you know, obviously not all the time or whatever, but so that shot tonight, I think, reflected that skill level and that practice level that that Kane has yeah and were it almost anyone else on the ice at that point probably would not have gone in so yeah I don't I don't can't say as I fault Miller too much on that goal either yeah but uh, so overall a pretty good performance by Miller yeah yeah uh, he was he was very solid um, like I say neither goalie really had to be acrobatic or work too hard it was it was pretty much all uh, positional hockey yeah except for you know dumb luck at the end Right, exactly. And then, again, Crawford on the other side. Oh, okay, so Bo, Bo Horvat comes in off the, kind of like, Yeah, off that the, was right the after corner. the Stetcher goal, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Stetcher scores to make it 2-1 a couple of minutes into the third period. And then uh, another Canuck, and I, whether it was Barchi or I don't know, I yeah. don't know who it was. I don't remember. Got it in deep, fell he, down. Yeah, he got it in deep, fell down, takes out a defenseman and passed as he falls it, down. Passed it back to Horvat, who... Split a winger and a D, and essentially stopped up near the the red line. Went back out in front of the goal, and I think Crawford had already committed. Yeah, and I don't know why he he, he bit so hard that he had leaned back too far. And with today's goalies, uh, well, I'm probably sure it's been like this for many many years. You spread your legs a little more than shoulder wide, and you lean forward on your tiptoes. So all your weight is essentially right on the tips of your skates. Okay. And even if you go down into butterfly, all your weight is still forward over so that your center of gravity is all in one spot. So you can push left or right. And so, so you can remain with the ability to move. Yeah, uh, laterally. 
even though you're in position currently. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not sure if uh, Horvat caught him off guard or he didn't think he would get that far. But he ended up leaning back too far, and his center of balance shifted too much, so he couldn't he couldn't uh, butterfly slide to his left and ended up on his bum. And then kind of flailed over like old school goalies, leaning over, (laughs) just hoping like hell that he would shoot the puck into his glove. Right, yeah. That'd be kind of the the dumb move that I would make. And Horvat actually like takes the shot and on the rebound pushes the puck farther out so he can have that shot at the empty net. And just goes around him. And goes around him and gets the goal. So again, a, a very... Just outworked everybody. Yeah, thought, thoughtful, well-worked play by Horvat, and caught Crawford leaning back a bit. Yeah, not quite prepared for that sort of move. Which is kind of uncharacteristic of, of those goalies. They're they're usually very very. Maybe he was still irritated from from the, the that quick goal, mm-hmm. like, you know, a buck and a half before. I think yeah. it's more like that. Like I better stop this, or I'm I'm sure he had something in mind. Like it, it is. Especially with a position like uh, goal, self-talk is everything, the way that you motivate yourself. and so, so goalies talk to themselves a lot is what you're saying. Well, the thing is that, you know, and I'm sure any achievement level athlete, you know, there's things that you tell yourself, this is my moment, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Right, sure. Or I'm really irritated at that guy or whatever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He seems to be a guy who plays with his heart on his sleeve, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And I'm sure he took it upon himself. Wow, I'm just, I'm, you're not getting by me. Well, dude got by him. <laughs> and it, yeah. he didn't, from the looks of it, it didn't look that hard. He really got around Crawford in an uncharacteristic way. Because if you, if you think about how patient Miller is and by comparison, Miller would, wouldn't have bit so hard, and he would have followed him all the way across. Right, yeah. Because there are a very good positional butterfly goalies, but he's very... Very good that way, like say at like a, a, a carry price where he can effortlessly move laterally in a direction he wants while still being upright and, and being big. Not so desperational. Considering that there was two guys on Horvat, he didn't have to make such a desperational save. Right, sure. Yeah, and maybe that was that was part of his thinking leaning back a bit was well I've got help. I really just have to make the save and I should be all right. Yeah. And he did. He made that first save. But, yeah, clearly, uh, if, if that was the thinking involved. Well, but then again, how much how much thinking do you have time for? Well, that's the, that's, that is it. Um, it's they, with the, what they're training. There's very little thinking going on. So I mean, you, I, one thing I found was um, in playing is... It's it's very much like that. Once you get into a place where you're not even thinking about what you're doing, you're just, okay, I can see this, now I'm going to do that. It, it's muscle memory. It becomes rote. It's a technique where, where you're not thinking. Like, quite often, um, you'd make a play, and someone would skate by and start talking to you, and you literally won't hear them. Like you'll, They'd have to stop and, and say it a second time, because you're in this place where you're not thinking, where... Not that it's easy, but you kind of remove a lot of the the higher brain functions. I used to like to think about it like this. <laughs> you're not you're not thinking. You're mm-hmm. not even reacting. You're just playing. You're you're, you're finding that zen. Yeah, there's a nice there's a nice place in where you and I'm sure all uh, 
elite athletes can do this well. They're so focused at what they're doing that nothing is going to bother them. Short of somebody, you know, hitting them or poking them or doing something stupid. Yeah, I, I hear it actually um, most from major league pitchers. Yeah, right. Where it's they don't, like they don't hear the crowd. They don't hear the crowd. They they see the they see the the calls coming from the the catcher, and it's not it's not emotionless, but it's yeah, it's just in that Zen state where you're not thinking, you're just doing, and you're shutting out everything else. That's yeah, going on everything that else becomes you, so. irrelevant. Yeah. You're not even feeling. You're not even uh, feeling about things. It's just it's uh, it's a uh, you know some kind of technique, right? Right on. So you know it's it, that these guys are almost also masters of feng shui. Oh, maybe. And and that <laughs> if you also would like to be a master of feng shui and enjoy musical talent that is of the Zen variety, perhaps then, you know, perhaps you should uh, go ahead and click that link I have in the description and, uh, you know, get yourself a, an album of music uh, produced here by Greg that is incomparable, I would say. Would, well, would you describe it also? Feng, feng Shui isn't, isn't Zen, though. Okay, I mean, you can be pedantic about it. Okay, but no, you know, I don't... I just, yeah. I'm just trying to sell your album, man. I know. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's heavy, cla- heavy rock with... Uh, Mini move and stuff in it. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, the, in funny time signatures. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. What the, I'm, so what the, I'm saying the genre is, of the music itself. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. Saying. It yeah. don't. Yeah, because if if you're looking for easy listening music, this is not it. It's not. It's not feng shui masters. In in the ilk of Queens of the Stone Age or Eagles of Death Metal, this is masters of feng shui. There you go. So yeah. you've heard it from the uh, the master's mouth himself. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Greg. I would like to thank you very much for joining us on oh, not a problem. Canucks Corner, and hopefully we can make this a fairly regular deal where uh, you'll share your uh, great beer league knowledge with us, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll uh, try this again another time. But until then, thank you very much, and uh, keep your goalie stick on the ice. Yeah, keep your head up. <laughs>